Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. All right, Rod. According to Texas football, the uh, first commitment is in. It is. Uh, wow, that was that's early. Well, it's East Coast. Oh, there you go. If, you're, if you had a uh, on your bingo card, go ahead and fill in Jarek Gibson, running back, IMG Academy. He has committed this morning out of Bradenton, Florida. Nice. Yeah, five eleven, two oh seven, four star player out of the IMG. Uh, so keep an eye on that. He had a 5.9 rating according to Rivals and uh, chose Texas uh, over Miami and some others. Georgia, some of the schools coming hard for him, but he okay. ends up as a Texas Longhorn officially today, and that's what today is, Rod. It's uh, National Signing Day. Yes, uh, it's a 40-year decision, not a four-year decision, as I was uh, told way, way back in the day. And I think it still applies. Think about that, young people. All right. I, my, my, school, my final five schools were Texas, Texas A&M. Colorado, um, oh man, Florida State, of course, and Penn State. And now looking back, vetting all those coaches and those programs, RC Slocum with some great advice that if you want your parents to go to all the games, you got to go to school in the state of Texas. So that's why I took Penn State, Colorado, and Florida State out of the equation because I wanted mom and dad to go to the games. And then the four, 40-year decision, not a four-year decision advice I got from a coach who was recruiting me led me to Texas because I, I loved Austin. Right? Instead, I went to Austin. I went to Aggieland. I was like, I got to live somewhere. I live in Austin. And I was, those were pieces of advice that I got as a 17-year-old that I considered. And you know what? Thank God. Thank Actually God. led me right here today. I would be here today. I could be. I could be an Aggie. Well, Nothing wrong with that. But there's just also saying, the conversation of where do you want to. It didn't fit me. Yeah, I, it didn't fit me. Austin fit me. Austin fit me. Yeah, yeah I'm living there. I want my kid. My kids gonna you be still live here. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, process of elimination. Okay, you know, RC Slocum convinced you to stay in Texas, but you don't want to live in Aggieland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I remember. It was an easy decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, all players have to go through this. You know, even when you have kids that aren't yeah. football players. And some, gotta, pr- some players that prefer Aggieland, by the way, they don't like the city. They well, like the, you know, well, the hustle lot, and bustle. And, and it's not even a stereotype. A lot of them are from country or smaller yeah, schools. exactly right. Um, where it kind of fits what they, they're used to, which mm-hmm. is perfectly fine. Uh, but I always remember my friend Dan Neal, of course. Dan Neal, oh, uh, Neal. Longhorn Hall of Honor member and two-time Super Bowl champion. He, he, he was big on going to Colorado or Michigan coming out of our high school. And, he, you know, ah. his, his decision was similar, too. And he said, well, where do I want to live after? Like, where am I going to live when it's over? Yep. And that's, you know, one of his coaches told him that. Hey, man, where you? his high school coach told him that. Our high school coach, Coach Caney. Smart, where, yeah. Where are you going to live when it's over? That's good advice. If you're going to live in Michigan, the state of Michigan, when it's over, then maybe go to Michigan. Yeah. Because that's where you're going to build all your connections. Yep. But he said, no, I want to live in Texas. He said, well, you probably should stay in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really Because it, it, it is a 40-year decision. And that, yeah. that's where you're going to network, especially this day and age with NIL. Exactly right. That's, you know, whether you go off to the NFL or not. You're branding yourself right now with people right. in this state. Yes. That's where you're going to live. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it, was a great, it was great advice, honestly. And that's um, – Daniel got the same advice. So, young people, I'm sure that somebody's telling them now, hey, man, be thinking about – what you're going to do after football and where you're going to be because 
that should influence your decision. It should be a data point in your decision. Can I just, and now you have the transfer portal, so, you know, you, you, got, you got a mulligan. Yeah. And I'll <laughs> just say, look, I mean, uh, while we're specifically on signing day and the first one being in, which is Jared Gibson, how about uh, the job Deshard Choice is doing hey. at the running back room? It's amazing. Uh, Jared Gibson's a kid originally out of uh, Miami, Florida. Yeah. Um, who ended up at the IMG Academy, and you scoop him and bring him to Austin, Texas. That's pretty good. The other running back in this class, who probably will be one of the later signings because he's in the desert time zone, is uh, Christian Clark, a running back out of, the, out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, he's the guy you're going to watch for today. But two on the heels of Bijan and Rojo, Jonathan Brooks emerging, Jaden Blue. Now you've got two more really high-end running back prospects part of this class, Rob. Yeah, and I know that um, my man Bobby Burton, who we just talked to, he really he likes Christian Clark. He's a big fan of that young man. He's watched a lot of film on I remember him telling me that he just likes his game overall. Um, but, yeah, you talk about the short choice, Jerry Gibson coming in. But the short choice has proven that he's one of the best position coaches in the country yes. in terms of talent development. And it, it was unfortunate when Jonathan Brooks went down, but it's also when you saw the coaching acumen, <laughs> right? It's, it's the running back room. There's a culture in that running back room. Now, Sark even talked about it. And it actually started with Ro- Rojo and Bijan, so I'll give them a lot of credit for it. But there is a culture now that has developed, a standard that was set in that room. I remember being in one of those rooms. And I was in that DB room when we decided to set the standard for DBU. Myself and Quentin Jammer, my man Ahmad Brooks and Nathan Basher. Uh, we were setting a new standard for DBU in the hopes that the young bucks that came after us would take it to a new level, would push the standard even higher. They did. Michael Hubbs, Cedric Griffin, <laughs> Aaron Ross, that crop that came right after us, they, they were way better than we were as a group. And we set a really high standard. We were a top 10 uh, defense. We were a top five secondary in the country. That running back room is doing that right now. I mean, you come from Bijan and Rojo to being the best running back room in the country back-to-back years, bring in a new coach, all right, and still have the best running back room in the country? Yeah. After, after bringing in a, having a new coach with losing your two top-end running backs who bolted the NFL, one of the generational talent, one was the best leader on your team, and yet that running back room still exhibiting great leadership, uh, tremendous productivity. There's, that, that, that's, that's a culture developing in a room. Yeah, agreed. It's bigger than the coach. It's bigger than the players. Agreed. And to shard choice to replace Stan Drayton is yeah. a great call. Right. Stan Drayton uh, was Stan, awesome. Stan Drayton to recruit a Bijan. Yeah. And uh, they helped Rojo develop from a quarterback into a running back. Yeah. And to shard choice has just picked it up. As you, want for, that hour, you want that hour tight end room thing going. Yeah. Right? Well, where, that's exactly where it's like, right. like five or six coaches and they produce like eight NFL tight ends. You're like, what's going on there? It's like, hey, it's a culture. It's bigger than the coaches. It's bigger than the players. Ballers come out of there. Ballers want to go there and play that position. And they get developed there and come out of there and play that position. Let me change one thing correct one thing Jared Gibson the first commitment of the day uh was in Georgia uh in Georgia uh, oh yeah but yeah but the short choice did that makes sense yes exactly the Georgia connection <laughs> uh in high school he was at jo- he was at uh, Jonesboro Georgia um and then ended up at IMG is, Academy is, is that anywhere near Atlanta is that in that Atlanta metro well, area I've been on, talking about on Jared Gibson uh you know four or five laser time in the 40 at 200 at over 200 pounds mm-hmm. uh is his uh, thing but how about this Rod 41-inch vertical leap at uh, one of the the, uh, the combines he went to. Wow. Eric, he's playing at IMG. Come on. Um, so explosive, power, uh, the whole bit. There's a, uh, a really good running back. You recruit uh, what you can't coach. Eh? That's exactly right. <laughs> Elite traits, right? You recruit what you can't coach. Can't coach. What do you say? 41-inch vertical? 41-inch vertical. You can't coach, that, can't coach that kind of speed. 4-5, track guy. Uh, became the RB1 at uh, IMG Academy, which is obviously a very running talented player. Running back is going to be fast now. Because Jaden Blue was clocked last year as one of the, the fastest running back in real time data by Real Analytics last season. Uh, top 10 in the country. Xavier Worthy was number one. 
Damn, but now you're going to add that kind of speed to it to another guy? I guess you got to replace Keelan Robinson's speed. Before we get to our top other stories this this morning, and uh, Rod's got a rant coming up. Uh, number two is in. Uh, welcome Man. Michael Kern to the 40 Acres. A punter, St. Thomas Lauren. Aquinas High School. Uh, there, there's Jeff Banks getting his punter. Mm-hmm. They need one. <laughs> yeah. They're losing Ryan Sanborn, right? That's right. Ryan Sanborn was a one-year player coming in from Stanford, yeah. and he was really good. So Michael Kern is in. Jared Gibson is in as well. Let's get to the other top stories. Top Gun Reynolds and lot of equipment bring it to you. Uh, yeah, signing ceremonies uh, planned uh, across Central Texas today as well. We'll keep you posted on the Longhorn signing, but uh, across Central Texas today, high school seniors who uh, have made their call in the early window are expected to, uh, to sign their, their letters of intent. We mentioned their ceremonies at Westlake and Vandergrift and Rouse all over Central Texas today. Congratulations to all those young people and their families who are making that big decision today or over the next 72 hours. Uh, we also, of course, uh, will have full coverage of Steve Sarkeesian's afternoon news conference, 3.30 today. Uh, Patrick and the Sports Complex crew will have that starting at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Also ahead of the early signing window opening, an eighth Longhorn has entered the transfer portal. This one not surprising. Uh, former defensive lineman Christopher Ross entered his name. Ross left the program in October after playing in just three games over two seasons in Austin. The former Galena Park North Shore star appeared in four games, totaled three tackles. Longhorns also added a third member to their 2025 recruiting class yesterday with a verbal commitment from Melbourne, Florida, four-star defensive lineman Brandon Brown. He commits to the Longhorns. Big portal development in Aggieland yesterday. Finally, official word that A&M sophomore Evan Stewart, the wide receiver, entered his name in the portal after weeks of speculation. That news led to immediate buzz among Longhorn fans. Uh, considering the former five-star out of Frisco was originally a Texas commitment back in February of 2021 and then flipped A&M. Uh, college bowl season in full swing now up in the Metroplex last night. UTA San Antonio rallied from an early deficit to ra- to win the uh, their first ever bowl game, the Frisco Bowl, 35-17. The veteran quarterback Frank Harris didn't play last night. Now with a shoulder injury, redshirt freshman Owen McCown stepped in through for 251 yards, two touchdowns for the Roadrunners. They finished the year at 9-4 for head coach Jeff Trailer. Fun night in the NBA. Spurs, not a fun night for them. They got rolled in Milwaukee, 132-119. But in that game, Damian Lillard scored 40 for the Bucks. He also went over 20,000 career points. Great finish in New Orleans last night. John Morant made his season debut after the 25-game suspension to start the year, and he returned in style, scored 34, and nailed a spinning floater in the lane as time expired to give Memphis a win, 115-113 over New Orleans. Uh, dramatics out west, too. Steph Curry drained a clutch three-pointer as time wound down in overtime. Lead Golden State past the Boston Celtics, uh, 133-130. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Yeah, Josh Zabala. First game back. Jaw, yeah. <laughs> uh, 34, 34 points, eight assists, six rebounds, two steals, yeah, <laughs> and a block. Yeah, he was ready. He was ready to come back. I mean, there's no doubt his his talent is phenomenal. And uh, how about this now? Most go-ahead shots in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter of this season. Ja Morant, he, he, <laughs> you're going to look at it this season. Uh, he's already uh, in the he's one game played. He's got three of them. <laughs> in one in one game played, Steph Curry's in the lead with four, 24 games played. LeBron's right behind him with, well, I guess tied with him with three, with 25 games played. He's got three go-ahead shots in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter of this season in his first game back. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh... Yeah, he's the hope for, an, uh, for any uh, – if there's going to be an American-born MVP, it'll be him because they haven't had one in a little while. Uh, the uh, the uh, the international influence has dominated uh, pretty much, especially when it comes to MVP conversation. Um, he's 
He, he might be the, the best hope for an American-born MVP in the NBA. I don't know if there is another one. Yeah, really. well, it's right now it's Giannis, it's uh, Jokic, it's uh, Luca. <laughs> Luca's going to get <laughs> yeah, yeah. right now. It's, that's him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll get to Rod's rant coming up. I got a bit of a rant of my own at the bottom of the hour. We'll keep you posted as the commitments come in, and there's another one in, Rod. Trey Owens, uh, quarterback oh, out of Cy Fair. We can get in this in my rant. I like Trey Owens. Uh, well, let's, let's, uh, let's pick that up, and we'll talk some NFL as well. But obviously it's a Wednesday signing day, the focus, as they come in for the horns and around Central Texas. But right now let's get at Rod's rant. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butt. All right, we'll get to uh, some NFL later, but I know it's a lot of a heavy discussion about the uh, about the, the signing day and about this 2024 class for the Longhorns. And I'll, I'll just say this, and I brought this up earlier on our uh, on Texas uh, live stream. You know, right now for Texas, the sales pitch for these coaches in recruiting is about to get a whole lot easier <laughs> um, because. You know, the top five classes, and this, this, I believe this class is projected to be a top five class, too, uh, for Sark. And he's got three top five classes in a row, which is really, really impressive. But they've been able to do that, and they haven't been able to sell championship-level competition, right? And they haven't been able to sell development. The truth is, it's been easy to negatively recruit against Texas the last 15 years. It's been pretty easy. You can just talk about how they, hey, they don't develop talent really well. Five stars go there. Uh, five stars go there, and they end up playing like three stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they don't compete for championships. That's And that, that really has been, I think, the negative recruiting pitch against Texas the last two years. We even heard players echo the same thing, right? You had players like Garrett Wilson back in the day that were saying, yeah, really good players from Texas go to, go to Texas, really good players from the state of Texas go to University of Texas. And they end up underachieving, underperforming. I'm not going to be one of those guys. Yeah. So pretty much. I'm going to Ohio State where good players go get developed, <laughs> go play, compete for championships, and go to the NFL. That's where I'm going. Sorry, guys. I got ties there. I got ties here too, but it's an easy decision. Well, and he grew and, up at uh, – he was in Columbus and yeah. then here, and he watched it. He watched it. He was, yeah, front row seats for it. He's like, yeah, I'm not going there, man. That program, listen, it's, it's an underachiever pretty much. Yeah. It's one of the biggest underachievers in college football. And you had guys like McCuba, who was right here in the backyard of Texas, who, decided, who saw it. Well, also, like he said, he saw it up close and personal and decided, yeah, Clemson's competing for championships and developing NFL players. That's that's where I'm going, and now you have you have guys like Makuba coming back yeah. <laughs> through the transfer portal for the very same reasons I think he didn't consider Texas and left Texas was because oh no not now they're competing for championships and now I can I can go there well he's he's been developed pretty well because he's been a, t- a multi year starter there at Clemson so he's developed um, but he's not afraid of coming here and underachieving underperforming because he's seen the product and now believes that the coaches will put him in the best position to be successful and to achieve his dreams of going to the NFL and of competing for championships. Now you get it all. You used to have to make a choice. <laughs> and take, well, and do I, you know what I mean, right? No, I think, now well, you I think you're all. right. I mean, in, in a short amount of time, Steve Sarkeesian has made it really difficult to negative recruit the Texas Longhorns. What do you say? 
Yeah, what, what's your, what other, what's your what pitch? What other schools telling them? How you going to hate on them? It used to, like I said, it used to be easy. Right now, the only thing they could say is Sark's not going to be there. He's going to go to the NFL or something, even though that's not true. You've got to find something. That's nonsense. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's nonsense because that's not going to happen. I mean, unless that's a great NFL. It ain't, he ain't leaving for the Falcons. I can tell you that right now. No. He ain't leaving for that job. Carolina? Texas, Texas, yeah, Texas is a better job than Carolina or Atlanta right now. But, yeah, to your point, I, I, this, like I said, the sales pitch for these coaches is about to get a whole lot easier. They've been doing it the hard. They've been working harder. Than a lot of coaches because they have to dispel and they have to dispute and refute all the negative recruiting in it. And a lot of the negative recruiting, unfortunately, has been facts. Valid, very valid. It's been facts. It's like, they making up stuff. It's like, no, Texas has underachieved the last 15 years. Well, 14 out of the last 15, prior, obviously prior to this year. And they haven't been developing talent. But now this draft, even last draft looked pretty good. But this draft, they're projected to have seven, eight guys drafted. Well, that's if everybody leaves. I mean, we still don't know about X-Man, A.D. Mitchell, and J. Assuming everybody leaves and Quinn's probably the only guy that stays, you're still expected to have seven to seven guys drafted somewhere around there at different positions. That is the proof that the, the young guys need, the teenagers need, the prospects need, who are watching Texas, that, yes, they can make their NFL dreams come true. Even back when I was coming out in 99, that was still the goal, and it's still it's the goal now. It was the goal back then, the goal now for all these guys. They all want to play at the next level in the NFL. Can you help them achieve that dream, and then can you uh, give them the opportunity to play for championships, which Texas is doing right now, and can you give them the opportunity to play with other great players? Great players want to play with other great players. They know because they know that's the key to playing for championships. I'm not going to be able to compete for championships if I don't play with other great players, and I won't necessarily be developed and cultivated in a competitive environment. All right, to keep me as a to keep my my competitive uh, sickness. Right? I always talk about it, but to compete, keep, keep that competitive chip. All right, sharpened, you have to compete against other great players. And I think that's what Texas can provide now. They haven't been able to provide. And like I said, I don't know what you say now to negatively recruit against Texas. The NIL space, they're a leader in the NIL space, one of the best uh, 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 athletic departments in the country when it comes to uh, getting uh, athletes NIL revenue and NIL deals. Uh, Austin is a pop culture mecca. So among the great college towns and cities in America, it's easily top five in terms of the city of Austin. Austin uh, University of Texas is a great academic institution. We'll talk about that enough. Like I just don't know, you know, exactly what you what the well, negative recruiting pitch is against Texas now. The proof's in the pudding. We've seen development over the last couple of years, and the drafts are going to start to include that, as you said. But also, they needed to win, right? You can't underestimate how big that win over Alabama was week two. Oh, I mean, that was huge for their getting in the playoff, but it was also big for recruiting. 16, 17 year old kids going, "Oh wow." Uh, look at that. It's they different. beat Alabama. It's and now different. they're in the playoff. That's yeah. almost the gravy, as we talked about, Rod. I'll be like, oh, now they're playing for a championship. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it certainly helped when Arch Manning committed. Right? When Arch Manning last summer committed, to, or a couple summer committed, well, that gave, you know, even though they hadn't had the winning yet and playing for championships, like, oh, man, if the Mannings have vetted this and they feel like that's a really good place, you know, for parents especially, Rod. Yep. I mean, the parents are the ones doing the research on how good a school it is and mm-hmm. what about the town, what about the city. Oh, wait a second. The, the Mannings? Just yeah. Texas, that's pretty big. Well, now you follow that up with you know, what we've seen. And go ahead and hit it, Ty. Or we, have a, we have a sounder today, Rod. Well, I don't know. That's the wrong sounder, guys. See, that's, that's NFL draft. That's NFL draft sounder. They're not there yet. See, we've got to get a different sounder. Okay. Let's just get well, to alert any suggestions there? I no, like, I know, but I, I, I like the – I was trying I to get the – you know, in the stadium. Commitment when, is in. Commitment is in. Commitment is in, but you – That just means pick is in. I know. I just – you know, as a what guy, about, as a, like a as a young Lord? man who used to – 
you have the, the problem with Texas. I just got done talking about now where Texas is. You guys know the problem with Texas was guys would come to Texas and they thought they'd already made it. They thought they'd already heard that noise. Yeah, they have not. No. <laughs> you have not. No, no. This is why the, the, the journey just starts. The, the work just starts because now to hear that noise, I got to get back to work. I got to have a different mindset, a better mindset. I have to improve and get better every day. So, you're, Ty, you can still use the sound. I'm not. It's a great sound. I'm, I'm just talking about. You're right. No, no, oh, I like no, it. no. I like, no. I like the sounder. Thick use the sounder. No, use the sounder. Obviously, I'm, just, I'm just hyped up because it's. <laughs> it's sunny day. But you get my point, though, about Texas. I think now guys have a different mindset. Um, well, they don't have that mindset they had the last 10, 15 years at Texas. These guys have come here on a mission, I think, to bring Texas back to that standard. Yeah, that is yeah. the goal. But uh, the, the commitment Good. is in. Great Trey, job, Ty. <laughs> Trey Owens, Trey Owens, quarterback, Cy Fair, Cypress Fairbanks High School. I, I like Trey Owens. I've been saying this for a while. Uh, I've talked to him actually like three times now. I've talked to Trey Owens. And um, first of all, he's the Offensive Player of the Year in the city of Houston. Right for the, eight, the touchdown club in Houston, that to be the best offensive player in Houston, you gotta have a ton of talent. They beat Katie, so that shows you that he's got tremendous leadership to upset Katie. It's hard to upset Katie. We upset Katie one year when I was at uh, Houston Lamar, but that's it. Usually Katie is pounding people in the first and the second round on their way to at least an appearance in the state title game. So and he's got moxing, he's got swagger. Um, I mean, some people would borderline call it arrogance. I don't. I call it swagger. At quarterback, you got to have Football it. Football competitiveness, Rod. Yeah, and he's, he's got all that. He's got the tangible. Sark said the two uh, intangibles he's looking for at quarterback are – uh, competitiveness and leadership, and he's got both of those, and you've seen it, right? Beating, you don't beat Katie without leadership and quarterback. He's got that competitiveness, that competitive. I call it the competitive sickness. He's got a lot of that. And he's got quick hands, and he's really accurate with the football in terms of ball placement and touch on the football. You almost never see him let it loose, like just opening it up and just. I always ask myself, when's the last time you actually threw like, your hardest football? Like, when do you remember like letting it loose? And he told me, he's like, I really don't. I just put enough velo on it to get it where it needs to be. Um, just showing you that he's got uh, maturity in his skill set as a passer already, as a seasoned passer. And his deep ball is magnifico. Yeah, I like it. Beautiful and, and you, you keep talking about with the coverage of safeties and corners, right? But you, you're looking for traits you can't coach. And you can't coach that competitive sickness, right, mm -mm. at a quarterback position because you need a natural leader. And you can't you, – so if you see, you know, some skill sets you like that you can help develop, right, um, but the competitive – the competitive spirit to lift an entire program. Cy Fair, which has been a good program, all of a sudden they're beating Katie. Yes. And, they're, and he's the yes. touchdown club player of the year. Yeah. Uh, that is the type of things you, you know, you can't coach that, right? No. You really can't. You, you, you either got it or don't. The natural leadership, the competitive spirit to, to lead a team. Uh, but then, as you say, quick hands important. If you're going to run RPO game, you want someone with good ball skills yep. with the ball and then an ability to get the ball out quick from that. That uh, that launch point. Yep. Yeah, and that's the uh, Sark looks for that. Sark, you know, he runs an RPO-based offense, so he wants quarterbacks that can throw from different platforms, different angles. Uh, Trey Owens can do that, and he's huge. He's six five. Yeah, he's a big kid. And he, he's got a lot of room to add weight. He's 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 a huge kid, and he said he was trying to work on his mobility. But you know, Sark doesn't care about that. And Sark once again kind of mocked uh, mobile quarterbacks because he told Sark we, we was talking. I was uh, talking to him, and he told Sark he was you know working on his mobility, and he said Sark told him, "Don't worry about that. We don't we don't care." about that. We don't care about quarterback run game. We, we, we bring in running backs to run, quarterbacks to throw. That's what Sark tells him. <laughs> Sark mocks the quarterback run game over and over again. He always says, uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't major in that. We minor in that. He does, he, he does over and over again. One day he's going to have to, and even with Arch potentially, because Arch can run a little bit. He can. He's going to have to accept that the game is changing where quarterbacks now 
all of them have functional mobility, and you might as well weaponize it and use it. Uh, but Sark does not. He, he, that's not the way he wants his offense to operate. He wants the quarterback in the pocket, and that's what Trey Owens is. All right, T.Y., let's hit it again. Hit it again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Welcome to the 40 Acres, uh, Parker Livingstone, wide receiver out of Lucas Lovejoy High School. Uh, he is the fourth commitment so far this morning. Derek Gibson, the punter Michael Kerr, Kern, uh, Trey Owens, the quarterback out of Cy Farron now, uh, the commitment of one Parker Livingstone. Big receiver, 6'4". Uh, Lucas Lovejoy yeah. had a great first game of the year and then got hurt, Rod. They yeah. got hurt. He's not, and it's strange to say, he's not a typical – Sark wide receiver to me. You know, Sark, Sark didn't like long, striding, big wide receivers like Parker Livingston. And he's a great athlete. Um, but usually Sark wants speedy guys uh, who are kind of precision route runners, speed demons, even guys who are on a small-ish slider side. This group of wide receivers is a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, they are. Ryan Wingo is about 6'1", you know, bordering on 6'2". Got some size to him. So, so maybe starts going a different different route with him. But Ryan Wingo does fit because Ryan Wingo, can't, he's explosive. Park Livingstone's he's he's a different kind of explosive. Um, like I said, I think he's great. He even said it. I asked him what his favorite route was. He said a post route because he's better at movement routes long downfield. Once his get his long strides get going, then that's a guy that's dangerous downfield because he's great. Got great body control. He can high point the football and he's big. Right? He can kind of just he can kind of box you out. Yeah, can. <laughs> um, and that, that's why. So it's interesting that that Sark likes him so much because like I said he's he doesn't fit the skill set of wide receivers that Sark usually likes, but he's a hell of a, a prospect. Lucas Lovejoy yeah. uh, in. So four in. We'll keep them coming as they do. Uh, we'll also talk about the big stories outside of it. Rod just had a rant. We've got some bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Got you locked in on a Wednesday, National Signing Day. on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh, man, we've got another one. Can we hit our sounder there, T.Y.? We've got another one, a commitment from the Longhorns on this National Signing Day. And this one is, uh, oh, yeah, welcome to Texas, Xavier Philsamy, Rod. Xavier oh. Philsamy just committed this week, had a special yeah. visit over the weekend. I like that guy. I like that guy. No concern. No concern. But Xavier Philsamy, five-star, their fringe four-star safety out of McKinney, Texas, who had been committed to Florida up until just this week, flipped his commitment after an official visit over the weekend. Uh, as you talked about speed, at the speed and ranginess at the safety position. Yeah, he'll probably. I mean, honestly, he'll remind a lot of Longhorn fans. If you haven't seen him. He'll look like Derek Williams out there a little bit. I yeah. mean, he's uh, like I said, long, rangy athlete, but he's a. I think he's a little faster, straight ahead than um, Derek Williams, and he can he can cover. He can cover from the slot. Uh, he's a guy that I I love his closing speed. He's got speed actually to cover guys too. But you go watch his closing speed from point A to point B. Once he decides that you know, the ball carrier uh, is his target, um, he takes really precise angles to the football. And his closing speed is elite. That is something that Texas will prioritize going forward in their PK defense because they want their safeties to be able to come down and play the run from depth so that they can show two high shell coverages, two deep safeties, but still be able to come down and play the run with force. You can do that with speed at safety, closing speed, guys who have great angles to take great angles to the football. He's does, he does that a lot. So yeah, he's a great prospect. He'll be on the same developmental track as Derrick Williams. So Derrick Williams is basically getting starter reps or close to it toward the end of the year. Um, he'll be on the same track if everything goes as planned. There are no injuries or anything like that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a heavy DB class for Texas. Uh, Xavier feels to me there were some, you know, the, the, there's, as we talked, if you missed it last hour, we talked to Bobby Burton from On Texas Football, Rod, and he brought up to keep an eye on the name Aaron, Aaron Hampton today, the kid from yeah. Dangerfield, because uh, when you look at the Longhorn class, I mean, you've got Xavier feels to me now official. Kobe Black out of Waco, uh, who's a long corner, five-star kid, big, big six-one-six-two corner. Uh, Wardell Mack, who they also flipped from that Florida class. He's yeah. a, a, a corner from uh, Louisiana, Rod. And then Jordan Johnson-Rubel from the IMG Academy. He's a, he's a DB as well and a safety. And then Santana Wilson out of Scottsdale, Arizona, whose father, Adrian Wilson, played in the NFL a long time. So that's a lot of DBs to take in one class. And Aaron Hampton is at a danger field. He's seen as an athlete. They didn't specify whether they wanted to play corner safety yeah. receiver at Texas. And so now it looks like maybe Alabama is swooping mm-hmm. in here to try to bring Aaron Hampton uh, at a danger field. So we'll keep an eye on that today. But either way, they, clearly they're rebuilding their secondary in the mind that you've talked about, Rod, the yeah. coverage, ability, ranginess, the ability to, to lock down on people and really bring speed to that position because it's been an issue uh, with the current current roster. Yeah, they want versatility too. Um, that's why you talk about guys like Aaron Hampton who are athletes coming in. Uh, Jordan Jones from Bell is a safety that plays nickel, so he can project as a nickel, can either play both of them. I think Xavier Phil me has to uh, – the skill set to play nickel if they need him. I said that about Derek Williams when he came in as well. And I think ultimately you're going to want your slot defenders, whether they be safeties or whether they be nickels, to be somewhat interchangeable um, because that's how teams are trying to manipulate you because they're trying to isolate those safeties in uh, man-to-man matchups and isolate them in coverage. Uh, but if you have a coverage specialist at safety, which Texas is prioritizing now, um, you recruit what you can't coach. Can't coach. Uh, you can't coach coverage. Guys kind of have it naturally or innate. And I think guys that are bringing in now Derek Williams, uh, Xavier Phil to me, these are guys that can naturally cover, you know, and uh, Santana Wilson, he's one of those guys too. I like that guy a lot. And yeah, you got that NFL lineage, right? Uh, he's grown up around the game. Uh, understands it uh, from, from a very high level for Santana Wilson out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. His father's still working in the front office of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, all right, so that's out there. Also, Rod, and we'll keep posted as the, the, the commitments come in. We'll play some bullish or BS. Can I give a little bit of a rant to Micah Parsons? No, look, Micah, Parsons, right? Do you remember when he was a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I remember this. So we know he has a podcast that he does on Monday nights now. He's been doing it all year long. Oh, a- yeah. After wins and loses, losses, he does his own podcast. And Micah Parsons took to his podcast called The Edge this week to complain after they got embarrassed by the Bills. Mm-hmm. And in a game in which he, in an entire game, mm-hmm. recorded two assisted tackles. That's it. In a game in which the Bills rolled up 266 rushing yards, Josh, Josh Allen had to complete seven passes. Micah Parsons had zero impact on the game. He went on his podcast and complained about the media picking on the Cowboys. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, here he was on, the, on his podcast. It says, man, uh, it's almost to the point, uh, I'm almost sick of former players are waiting, are, are waiting for current players to fail. So the way they have something to talk about. It's not even getting the names. I feel like at this point you kind of know who you are. What I don't understand is why everybody just waits to hate on the Cowboys to lose. Saw multiple analysts who are fake analysts who got some jobs on TV saying, there goes your boy. It's almost to the point where uh, I'm almost sick the former players are waiting for current players to fail.
Mm, Come on, Micah. Well, just but, say we got butt our butts kicked and yeah. it was not a good performance. And but we'll everybody be was praising the Cowboys. I know. The prior two, two, three weeks yes. uh, before that. So I mean, the Cowboys are the number one TV star on the number one television show in America. So yeah. The, the Cowboys losing is good for business. Cowboys winning is good for business. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, so either way, Cowboys losing, they're going to, we going I think people are going to overreact to them winning. They're going to overreact to the Cowboys losing. We, that's what, that's what I think he's trying to say. We're going to overreact to the Cowboys either way. We're going to overreact to Dak playing well. We're going to overreact to Dak playing poorly. Right? That's just, and we do it. I know because I've been in this industry now 50 years that we do that with almost every Cowboy story, but that's because they're so polarizing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, you know, don't, you can't after that performance by your team across the board say anything but, hey, man. Shut up. We just, that's bad. Y'all say what you want. You cancel uh, the podcast that week is what you need to do. <laughs> by the way, they beat the Eagles the week before and everybody was praising them, including us. Yeah. And Micah Parsons had one tackle. Last week he had two assisted tackles. Like he's not having, pin, you know, you you need to pick up your level of performance here, guys. Uh, you were on your way to being a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. That does that now belongs to Miles Garrett yeah. uh, with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, and they're playing the Texans in a big game on Sunday. Just I, I understand having a podcast. You've got to say something. Got to say something, man. You got to fill. That's probably why he shouldn't. But he, you know, it's his, his call. Everybody's got him these days. You also had in, in the NFL, Rod Jalen Hurts after the loss on on Monday night. Uh, when the, the Seahawks went down the field, Jonathan Bradbury, the corner, had a rough drive and gave up the touchdown pass to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jalen Hurts, though, threw the interception to end the game when they still maybe could have tied it with a field goal. He, we played that sound yesterday, calling out his teammates, talking about we, we lack commitment in some places. I mean, that's, you know, you, it's been a good run for Jalen Hurts without a doubt. And I'm not throwing him out. I'm just saying this, that was surprising to me to hear him talk about uh, commitment on his football team. That's something you can do behind the scenes with your own locker room, but you probably don't need to go to the media with that, right, after a tough loss like that. Yeah, the Eagles are in trouble. Defense is reeling. They're struggling right yeah. now. Um, it's one of the worst defenses right now in the NFL. That does not match personnel. That doesn't make any – their defense struggling the way it is and underachieving to this level makes no sense personnel-wise. <laughs> uh, that's how you know they're really missing uh, Jonathan Gannon. They're really missing uh, the coordinator they had last season. And John, Jalen Hurts, I, I love Jalen Hurts. I've been – very complimentary of him. I think he's got 19 touchdowns and 17 turnovers on the season. Yes, he does. He's had that kind he's of got, year. That, man, that is – I know he's you – know, I'm sure he's frustrated with some of his teammates talking about commitment. He – I always say when you lose – and Taylor Hurts usually is this guy, by the way. That's right. When you lose, you need to be a me guy. And when you win, you need to be a we guy. Every time you win, you go up to the podium. We did it. We did it. We did it. We won. We won. We were great. We. We. But when you lose, be a me guy. Yeah, you know what? I gotta be better. Yeah. I got. I got to put myself in a better position to win. I gotta do. I gotta make sure I motivate my team better. I need to make sure we're more organized. I need to make sure guys are committed. I need to hold my teammates accountable. Be a me guy when you lose. Be a we guy when you win. Those are my favorites. I and, might have been Micah. That, that, yeah. Excuse me. That's been Jalen Hurts. It's usually said. been him. But he, in that moment, he was a he was, was a, he was was a wee guy when you lost. That's, like, that's why it was weird. Don't do that. That's why it was weird. Uh, and he <laughs> he turned the ball over at the end, right? And yeah. his turnovers have been crucial, critical to them this year. And it does feel like he's playing a little bit injured. But that's those were two. You know, these are two, these are two teams that are still trying to chase down the Niners and be a part of this uh, big picture conversation in the NFC. I uh, didn't like the the tone of – because, like, I mean, somebody said, well, uh, Mike is right, media whores will just go after anybody or anything. Look, that's fine. We know that. You just yeah. said it. I mean, when the Cowboys win, it becomes a big story. When the Cowboys lose – Big story. It becomes a big story. <laughs> that's just that's, – that's never going to change, y'all. Uh, yeah. It just is. And so – but you don't need your one of your best players getting on a podcast and whining about it. It doesn't help anybody, uh, especially after that performance. I mean, yes, you're going to be criticized after you – 
I, I said this yesterday, it, it's amazing to me that Josh Allen, uh, we were talking about fantasy football, that Josh Allen was the highest scoring player in our fantasy league, in most fantasy leagues this year. Highest scoring player yeah. in the entire league. Yeah. And in a big game, you forced him to do very almost nothing to beat you. Didn't need to. I mean, he's been a points machine. Yeah, the reason that their record was 7-6 and six is Josh Allen has scored a lot of points, but because the offense is completely on his shoulders, he's got to make a lot of plays and he makes a lot of mistakes. You played a game where you didn't even force him to do anything, Rod. I mean, you really had to do nothing. No. Uh, and it, that, that was like what the Bills have been looking for all year long. You talked about how often all they played. year long. Jump. I think last two, three years yeah. they've been looking for that. Oh, I mean, Josh, Josh <laughs> Allen had an easy day, and they won by 21. Yeah. It's like, wow, that, that's a pretty lame performance, Micah. That's pretty lame. It, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how that would be the topic that he would bring up on his podcast after that performance. I'm with you. That's yeah. – come on, man. What do you um, – you know, I, I don't know what you would want the media to say after that performance, knowing that you're going to be the topic regardless, win or lose, on a national level where you're looking for eyeballs uh, and to, to talk about things people care about, the Cowboys people care about, whether they love them or hate them. So it's going to be a topic, Micah. And you put a performance out there, you can't go whining on a podcast about it. This says, guys, Prescott is a great example of what you're talking about, Rod. He's always a we and me guy. Dak Prescott is. is exactly what you he's want. A great, but he's a great – and Jalen Hurts is a good leader too. Um, but I've, I've never seen Dak become a me guy uh, when, they, when they win. You're and right about and that. a wee guy when they lose, he's he's always no. If they lose, he's like, yeah, I I, I you know I I did this, I should have done this, I got to be better, and that's that's just leadership, and it it is somewhat coach speak, but that's what you want from your leader when you're up there. Oh, it's hundred percent. Yeah, that's what you want. Which we talked about this just last week. Was I, I was praising Patrick Mahomes for exactly that. Like Patrick Mahomes is every reason he was to air right. out his team, right? Yeah, to air out his team for the mistakes the receivers are making and not catching his passes and things like that. And then you know we we, we kind of saw Patrick Mahomes yeah. get to his the we end of his crack in the <laughs> end of it when he went after the officials and he was just really frustrated and got to that boiling point. Yep. Um, it does happen. They're human beings. I yeah, get that. Of course. And somebody said Micah Parsons only twenty four. I get that. He's a little bit immature, but you know. It, it, just come on now, uh, Cowboys. Let's not. The Cowboys still have a chance to be have a really good season, a really great season potentially. Oh yeah. Call that a bad game, but now you got to get ready for the Miami Dolphins, uh, and that's where the Cowboys are now this midweek Wednesday. We'll keep uh, rolling through the, the commitments as they come in. Uh, give us your thoughts as you get to know these players. So far, the Longhorns have five or four commitments in, including Trey Owens, the quarterback prospect in this 2024 cycle. Uh, Xavier Phil Sami. Uh, the punter, Jared Gibson, also the, the running back out of the IMG Academy. We'll keep counting them as they roll in and talk about them as they do yes, here on Hook 'em Up. Plus, we'll come back with some bullish or BS, get you the headlines coming up. we got a lot to do. It's a signing day edition of Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod Bay. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up, 1019, AM 1260, The Horn. Bullish or BS time, but before we get to that, Rod, we've got uh, developments. We've got developments. Let's hit. You can actually hit that sounder three times. The uh, commitment is in for three now uh, official Texas Longhorn commitments, Um, and this is this is heavy on the offensive and defensive lines, Rod. Uh, The first one that came in uh, about uh, 15 minutes ago or 10 minutes ago during our break was Melvin Hills, defensive end out of Lafayette, Louisiana, 6'3", 277 pounds. That was followed closely by an offensive lineman from Humble, Texas, Nate Kibble, 6'2", oh, yeah. and 306, another mm-hmm. one of the big humans. Nate Kibble is in, and maybe the biggest one of them all has come across uh, here right as we return from break, Duncanville edge rusher Colin Simmons. Oh, yeah, man. Colin Simmons. That makes it now official for uh, – 
Back-to-back years, the Longhorn coaching staff, Pete Kwiatkowski and Steve Sarkeesian, have landed the state's number one defensive prospect. That's impressive. Anthony and Hill Jr. last year, and now Connor Colin Simmons. Yeah, it gets to you know what I've talked about. You can't coach uh, coverage, can't coach pass rushing ability either. I know some coaches they can help you get better at it. You can improve at anything, uh, but if you want a elite dominant pass rusher, usually something that's innate, it's programmed early. Uh, Colin Simmons, you can watch him. That guy is a natural pass rusher. Yeah, off the edge, he is. Um, and that's why Sark said Anthony Hill was their best. You know, one of their best pass rushers this season. Him and Byron Murphy, the guys, a freshman. Because he, you know, it's innate. It's something that you can't coach. And man, that guy, he has a, he has some BGO, and he's got some hip bend and flexibility that are next level. I mean, it's, it's he's an NFL. He projects to be an NFL edge, which you know you don't find those every day. Uh, in from the high school ranks, got that already project to be that. That's what he does. Yeah, he is, uh, you know, quite a kid, too. Uh, there was a great piece that was run about Colin when, by Bally's when, during the state championship weekend. Uh, he's got a brother who has autism, and um, you yeah. know, that has really kind of grounded him and his family, that he, he does it for more than just himself. You know, we're talking about the, the culture stuff. Yeah. That, you know, he t- his, his son, or his son, his brother, um, he started to take him on recruiting trips with him. Like, he brought him to Austin for his official visit to Texas. That's pretty cool. He's got him in the pictures of all that they're doing because awesome. it just means a lot to him. So, yeah, he's a, he's a great kid and uh, one heck of a player. Uh, Longhorns landing, Colin Simmons. And, you know, we've seen he'll be one of the 15 or 16 early enrollees for Texas. So he's a guy that you could project that can be a, an instant impact. The other, you know, the pass rush could get significantly better today, Rod, if Trey Moore. Uh, the UTSA that, portal prospect, yes. who we talked a little bit earlier this morning to Bobby Burton, like who a said, "Natural pass rusher." Yeah, Bobby had talked to a representative close to Trey Moore, who said it's really down to decision time. Mm-hmm. He's narrowed his choices to Alabama and Texas. He's visited Alabama and Texas, and it's just about making a decision at this point for Trey Moore. So, Colin Simmons, Trey Moore, Ethan Burke, Colton Vosick, you know, Baron Sorrells, yep. Longhorns are, are adding havoc players, Rod, uh, that can pressure the quarterback. You have to be uh, yeah. able to do it. Yeah, they need to. I mean, the guys who I think have already proven, you know, naturally that they can do it. Uh, I think Ethan Burke actually has some natural pass rushing ability too. Uh, he just has, you know, he's he's so, um, I think, accustomed to playing from a two-point stance and playing up. I think once he learns how to uh, really be able to get, get lower than – and, I, and he, I, he already does a really good job with pad level. Um, but low, lowest man wins. And when he learns his uh, to have a pass rushing repertoire um, that can that he can do from a kind of a three point stance at times too, oh, he's going to be I think one of your better pass rushers. He already is one of your better pass rushers. So I'm with you. I think the pass rushing overall because Colin Simmons can play early, not every down, but no. situationally, you can have a predictable pass situation. You can throw him out. You can have a NASCAR package with just your best pass rushers on the field. You'll be able to have that luxury next season. Uh, one recruiting uh, related bullish or BS. Now this is the year, Rod. You know, usually we get to this point over the last you know 25 years, and certainly over the yeah. last 11 or 12. Texas in the Big 12. How about this, Rod? From Heartland College Sports, as we start the day today, recruiting classes ranked for the Big for the Big 12 outside of Texas and Oklahoma. The highest recruited or the highest ranked recruiting class is Texas Tech at 22. In the nation. Wow. Followed by TCU at 29, Central Florida at 40, uh, Kansas at 46, Cincinnati 48. Now you compare that to Texas, who is now moving into the SEC and uh, recruiting classes ranked. Uh, number one class, Georgia. 
Number two class, Alabama. Number three class is, uh, uh, gosh, one, two, three. Uh, oh, gosh, Florida. Uh, but theirs has taken a hit of late, including Texas. Texas oh, is ranked third, man. and uh, Oklahoma is ranked eighth. Uh, so this is – Ole Miss has a great class. So now you, the, the, the bullish is you're moving into a conference that recruits top ten classes across the board. Yeah, you have in the Big 12, one of the, one, obviously one of the advantages for Texas, and they earned it, by the way, is that you uh, unquestionably have the best roster recruiting-wise in terms of talent acquisition-wise in the Big 12. You in Oklahoma every year that you've been in the Big 12 pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not one year where the recruiting advantage in terms of roster construction, overall blue-chip ratio, however you want to document it, uh, where Texas and Oklahoma don't have the most talented teams in the Big 12. Does that mean they always win the Big 12? Well, Oklahoma's won their fair share. Texas did not because they weren't developing all that talent. Um, now, you know, that, that narrative is shifting. Texas is going to be developing that talent. But as you pointed out, now you're going to the SEC. Well, you would not necessarily have the no. most talented roster You've in the conference. You've got a top five class, but there are three others in your own conference. Yeah, there you uh, go. And on your schedule Bama, year, Georgia that, is going to be recruiting like that. Oh, like you said, Ole Miss is they, – they're recruiting like gangbusters in the portal right now. They are. They are cleaning up in the portal. Lane Kiffin's having, a, having an offseason yeah. uh, in the portal. Uh, all right, uh, the latest commitment in Uh-oh. just now. Another one. And another one. And another one. <laughs> Zena Umiazulu. Uh, brother oh. plays offensive line. Brother Neto. Speaking of uh, Russian passer, I like that. There yeah. you go. Zena is in. Uh, another passer. He's an edge player. Of course, his brother is player. the offensive lineman. Uh, but he is a top uh, Under Armour All-American edge pass rusher, edge player. And, of course, the nickname is Zoo. 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 I like that. That's a good nickname. Is in the house. I like that. Like him. Mm. There you go. All right, so we'll count them in as they come. Uh, Longhorns adding pieces to this uh, class. By the way, Zena from Allen, Texas, 6'4", 220. Got a lot of room to grow into that body. You know, Colin Simmons comes in at 6'3", 225, at least according Ooh, to their yeah. – he, he just looks like yeah, – he, he can add probably 20 pounds. I don't oh, yeah. even know if you would see him miss a, miss a beat. <laughs> All right, we'll get the latest, reset the headlines. We've got uh, uh, Mike Roach is going to join the show from 24-7 Sports before yes, the sir. end of, uh, what is that, 9 o'clock hour. We'll talk to Mike, and we'll keep you posted. It's National Signing Day on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. 